This is a Content and Cash Plus episode that is a freebie. It's available to everybody to give you a taste of what you get if you are a Content and Cash Plus subscriber. Again, you can subscribe to Content and Cash Plus on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This is a recorded breakout session that you get if you're a gold member or a Content and Cash Plus member. These are just gems that you get. When you are a contender and not a pretender, you get access to great content like this. So if you're not a content cash plus or a gold member, make sure you sign up to be just that. All right, let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to Content and Cash Plus, a Flash Film Academy podcast. This podcast is for contenders, not pretenders. This is where creatives learn what it takes to dominate the industry with your host, Ty Turner. Let's start off by saying um, welcome everybody who came into who, who, who here with the breakout session to talk about. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The benefits of being a traveling photographer or, or what it's like to, to make money as a traveling photographer. A lot of this applies to um, videography as well. If you are a content creator, I think that there is a lot to learn and how you can apply this to being a content creator and traveling. Um, I myself love to travel. And I think this is a great way to understand how you can chase your dreams and travel at the same time. Um, and it's a lot of great business practices. I think. Um, when, when people think about a traveling photographer, they think about, oh, I'm going to go out and take these beautiful landscape shots and I'm going to make money selling portraits. And that is a pie in the sky idea, in my opinion. I, I think that there is um, some money to be made there, but that's an, that's an add on to the idea that, that, that we have here or, or the idea that you've had success with. Um, and I think that it's, it's important that you, you keep a little bit of that, but but the method that that you've used, Ross, is a little bit different. And I'm gonna right. let you get into um, those who watch the five steps. I'm gonna let you get into what's helped you be successful um, traveling um, as a photographer. Well, you know what? Let's do this. Let's before we get into that, let's start about how we met and how we work together, so they get a little bit of a background. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My, my bad on that. Yeah. So I think we met probably about seven years ago. We, you, uh, you actually reached out to me. We shot a week long corporate event, uh, together and that was the start of a beautiful friendship. We've, uh, we've sent each other work. We've worked together a lot of times. I even have my very own flash film media polo shirt in my closet. Uh, so yeah, Ty and I work together all the time. Uh, we have accidentally ended up in Las Vegas together a couple of times 
didn't plan it at all. Uh, Ty actually took me uh, to the casinos for my first time ever in my life. Introduce you to uh, that. I lost uh, a little bit of money. Introduce um, you to that roulette table. Into, yeah, into at that, a roulette table. Yep. Two a.m. <laughs> but that's how it's that's how it's done. Um, <laughs> and that was actually one of my uh, an early one of my work trips that really kind of opened my eyes to what was possible. Having a client pay me thousands of dollars, put me up in the Bellagio, and take like have me do all this stuff. It was a corporate event, so the actual shooting part wasn't super glamorous. But I had a lot of free time to go do whatever I wanted. And with the hotel, meals, flights already paid for, like the nothing to complain about. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. I think the event that we shot was uh Capital One Tech Week. I can't remember if that it was that or something else. It may have been some if I can or maybe I can't remember. It was it was some it was I know it was like a week long event. It was a lot. Um but but yeah, you know, um, in in one of the modules, I talk about when you are a small company, um, how important it is for you to develop a relationship with another small company where if for whatever reason you can't make something, you you have a relationship with somebody that you trust where like if you break a leg, somebody that you can call and say, hey, man, I really need you on the 25th, you yeah. know, and, and, and I think that um, – that is something that that I developed, you know, with our relationship is having somebody that you feel like is can can shoot as well as you can shoot. Often we we have relationship with people that we're like, oh, I don't know if I can, you know, I I can teach or I can mentor or whatever. But very rarely do you feel like you meet somebody that can shoot as well as you can shoot or outshoot you. You know what I'm saying? Where you can be like, right. all I got to tell you is it's a corporate event on Tuesday. That's it. <laughs> all you need is the address. From eight to five, and I know I know Ross gonna kill it. Like I don't have to worry about nothing, and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? If if he say, "Hey Ty, I need you to do video on yada 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 or shoot whatever," you don't have to tell me to make sure you mic the person or like. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. it's you know what I'm saying. But and you have to have people in your network that you can trust. Um, and and I think that the relationship has been has been built off off of that, and it's so important that you uh and and, and it's crazy because people are so worried about. Um, you know, they're worried about people, you know, still in business or like competition or nothing. But your best friends are those who you got to eliminate the idea of competition and you got to want your friends to, to succeed and be successful because there's enough business out here for everybody. Like there's more business than we can handle. And to show how great we are, just like you said, we've we've been at events and got hired by the same company and, and I'll be there for video and you'll be there for photo. And we'll be like, man, they got the two best guys in the city at the same. Yeah. Event. We, we taken over the market here yeah. locally it uh, is for sure. And yeah, that, I've noticed that too. There's a lot of, um, I feel like there's a lot of toxicity in the photo video uh, networking realm. Whenever I meet other photographers, there's always this sort of sense of hostility. And I don't understand why, because like you just said, there is so much money to be made in this market in pretty much any market. I need second shooters more than I, or not second shooters, but people that help me out in situations where I'm doing photo, I need someone to do video or I'm already booked, but I really don't want to lose this client. Hey, Ty, please help me out. Um, that has been so valuable. I don't know why everyone thinks of it in terms of like, it has to be like me or them. We could definitely all work together for the benefit of the whole <laughs> industry. Yeah, I agree. I, and and you, you grow together, you make more money together, you get bigger clients together. Cause I, I can't tell you like, 
you start getting big clients that that are seven day events and they need a photographer from six in the morning to, to 12 at night. And you can't do that by yourself. You will die. No, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we're getting too old for that. Right. I mean, and, and that's kind of how we met when I started getting big clients like, yo, you need a And I'm telling them like, yeah, we, we can do it. I'm sure. I got a team. We can be there from 6 a.m. to 12 at night and have you pictures by the night and be back at 6 a.m. again the next day to do it. And I'm sitting here yeah. thinking like, oh, man, like. Yeah, the pay is great, but physically, like, this is like, this is killing me. I got to get, you know, sure, we can right. be in multiple places at once. Well, you know, we, because I think that Tech Week, they were like, yeah, we, we, we got this whole block. We got six events going on at once. It's from 6 a.m. to 12 in the morning. Um, we need three photographers in three different locations because we got three people speaking. Like, and I'm sitting here doing the math, like, uh, <laughs> You know, like, and it's just me, and I'm, and, and just like I tell you guys, I'm speaking in French, so I'm saying we, yeah, we got a team. So I'm, I'm thinking like, gosh, okay, I need three people in the morning, three people at night. The next day, I need three people in the morning, three for for seven days. So I'm on, off, on, off, and I gotta. So you know, yeah, you're looking at the big picture of how much you know money you can make or how big the the, the cost is, but at the same time, you have to have these relationships so that you can attract those jobs. But that's you know there, but. Back it's also the, great for relationships when someone asks you, like um, a client asks you, they hire you for photo and they're like, oh, we need video too, or we need a photo booth also. Well, I can't manage everything all at once. So having somebody like Ty to jump in and take care of some of those other needs, that looks really good to the client. And they'll keep coming back if they know that you can do everything. And corporate clients do the same thing every year. So if you yeah. satisfy them once. You have that client every year and then you build off that. And then every year you have that client plus the clients you bring on and then you just grow every year. So that's what's great about corporate clients compared to regular people who make emotional purchases. You know, everybody don't go all out every birthday. Right. But every award ceremony, usually business clients want to outdo their last year. They want to outdo their award ceremony every year. They want it to be bigger and better. They want to they want to max a budget. You may not you know, you're. 30th birthday may not may be glamorous, but your 31st may not. You may not have right. another big birthday party until 40. You know what I'm saying? So keep that in mind when you look at working with businesses compared to working with um, people. But let me let's talk a little bit about um, I know first we started with um, focusing what type of businesses you wanted to focus on and, and the idea of focusing on corporate um, clients when it comes to um, looking at 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 traveling for work and let's talk about how you approach clients um to let them know that you are available um to travel for work and how that worked out yeah so first in choosing my niche sort of in general uh one of the reasons i went with corporate was partially because of just the consistency when you shoot weddings when you shoot other things you do have to seek out you have to get a lot of clients uh whereas once you do corporate like you were just saying uh, you might have them year after year, or even better yet, they might have multiple events. I have a couple of clients that I work for every month or every two months, and that's just consistent money. I know I can count on it, but I also have enough. Uh, I have enough strategies in place too. If I do lose a client, I can always just go get more. Uh, and some of those are local. Some of those are going to be travel, but <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about that later. Um, for getting some of my initial corporate clients. And, uh, you know, I, I talk about like corporate events being the main thing, but I'm also doing more and more commercial. 
especially in video. I think video is the future. If you only do photo, then you're going to be left behind. So uh, that would be my advice to any photographer, just as a general statement, not having anything to do with travel specifically is if you only do photos, start adding video to your business. It, it'll probably overtake photo after a while. It is for me, for sure. Uh, but for, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm tell people, if you have questions, make sure you post them, uh, post them in the comment section and we'll get to them. Cool. Uh, but for, yeah, getting my first, uh, my first couple clients, the, the thing that made me realize that this was possible and you don't have to be, you know, there are a handful of the people who just get to travel and create awesome uh, videos and photos for, I don't know, travel agencies and whatever. And that's definitely possible. But uh, when talking about this for you guys, I wanted to create something that you don't, you don't need that big break. You don't need that one lucky thing that kind of takes you off. Anybody, the things we're talking about today, anybody can do and be successful at. It's not some pie in the sky. You don't have to be lucky. You don't have to know somebody uh, using the strategy. Anybody can do it. Anybody with a good set of skills and some uh, ability to talk to people and network and whatever else. But yeah, so my first couple of clients I got just by, they were local clients here in Dallas and I, I was just chatting with them. They talked about all the places that they got to go to put on these events and it was just a corporate event. I mean, there were parties and that was, it was, you know, networking and fun events, not just uh, stuck in a stuffy room, but they, uh, and I just said, wow, that's really cool. I would love to do that. And they said, well, why don't you come to Lake Tahoe next month where we're doing our next event? And I was like, oh yeah, sign me up. And that, um, you know, that kind of was a lucky break. Not everyone's going to be able to recreate that exactly, but that's just what opened my eyes to the possibility of being able to do that. So then I sought other avenues on how to get more clients like that. And now I do about 80% of my work in other cities that I want to go to. Occasionally cities that I'm not super impressed with. I went to, uh, I had a, a shoot in uh, Ty's hometown. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's rough out there. We're, we're glad to have you here in Texas, Ty. Yeah. We're glad to have you. <laughs> it's rough. I had, to, I, had to, I had to hit him up and be like, hey, Ty, what do I do here? Everything's closed. <laughs> get, get you some of these. Yeah, but um, but for the most part, it's been really awesome. And a lot of places where there are these big commercial and corporate clients are sort of the places you'd want to go anyway. Vegas has an enormous convention circuit that runs through it. I go to Vegas. Um, I'm actually going to start turning down some jobs from Vegas because I go to Vegas. I'm starting to hit my <laughs> starting to hit my limit, but I do really love the town. Um, and then, yeah, other cool places, East coast, West coast. Um, I'm booking, I'm starting to book more and more stuff out of the country too, which is really exciting, but that comes with uh, a set of sort of additional, um, not setbacks. I mean, it's still really cool, but there's more things to keep in mind when you travel internationally for work. Yeah. I, yeah. I, out of the country sounds like fun, but there's, there's probably a few more checks and balances that probably needs to take place before you go into. And I guess it also depends where you go. Certain places you got to be a little more cautious of your environment um, as, as compared to, you know, being in the U.S. where it's easy to just catch an Uber somewhere and go to a holiday. And if things don't work out where if you're in certain parts of certain 
you know, you, you go to certain places in the, in the world, you may not have that, uh, you know, cell phones may not work. You may not have certain luxuries that, uh, you know, that you may have here. So let's talk about, you, you know, I know you were saying, uh, let's talk about how do you, you pitch and I, and, and you run into your current client base mm-hmm. um, in the video. You spoke a little bit about it, but let's just kind of go down that path. About pitching. Yeah. Okay. So first uh, identifying clients is that's sort of the, the tricky part. Once you design an email strategy and I know that there's a few ways to go about it, but I, the, the, the cold email works surprisingly often for me. You just have to put your best foot forward for sure. Uh, attach a couple photos. Don't just be like, yo, check out my website. Um, cater something to the client, do a little bit of research, do a little bit of background. Who are they? What kind of shots are they looking for? Uh, something that has worked for me, but I, I, I'm still kind of testing out this strategy is, uh, checking out companies on social media and being like, Hey, I noticed that you could really use some, uh, photos of your new gym that you opened up for this price. I'll come out and create, you know, six months worth. Uh, I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the, I'll create you a demo video and ad, basically a social media ad. I'll do photos for your website and I'll create six months worth of weekly uh, Instagram or social media posts. And that actually got me a couple jobs uh, around Texas already. And so that's kind of exciting finding out, figuring out new ad, uh, avenues, what works for each individual people person uh, is it's a little bit, surprising sometimes uh, i've watched other videos uh, I've, I've talked to other people about how they get clients and some of those strategies just don't work for me at all but others do so you just kind of have to figure out you have to try a few things and find out wh- what works for you but for me especially corporate uh pitching just sending those cold emails a lot of times though you don't hear back from them for like six months I try to reach out to people in like January, February, March, when people are setting their, their annual calendar, when companies are setting their annual calendars, their annual budgets. And, uh, that's in my experience, that's some of the best times to reach out to them and talk to them. But even if you reach out to them in February, sometimes you don't hear back from them until the summer, or sometimes it's not even like, occasionally I get like that November email. That's like, we're having this huge holiday party on a yacht in Miami. Can you come out? I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. Those are the best. So, Let me ask you a question. Uh, but, cause, cause Victor just popped up with a question asking about your website. Did you design it prior to, to contacting pro, uh, prospective clients or, um, is, cause is it more designed for the idea of travel or is it based locally? Um, my website, I keep more or less general. I don't, uh, my website in particular does have the Dallas skyline in it, but that was just sort of to get the message across that I do that kind of thing. Like I'll go to the cities, I'll grab the shots. Like, um, it was meant, meant to be a little bit more generic in the emails though, the cold emails, if a company, does a particular thing i'll look through my portfolio like uh what's a good example um i shoot a couple things that uh where they showcase new cars it's not like the new ferraris or whatever a lot of times it's like government fleet vehicles or whatever 
but I can pull from past events where I've shot cars or people talking about cars or people, uh, you know, opening up engines and talking about the new developments. And I can send those in my pitch email to really cater to that specific client. It so often, if like we as photographers know a corporate event is a corporate event, we can shoot them, but if it's in their niche, then they will respond to that. They will respond to you way before picking somebody else that might even have a better overall portfolio. But if you've done exactly what they're looking for, then they're way more likely to hire you. Or at least sometimes I don't have exactly the same thing, but within the same realm. And, uh, and I found that very helpful. So to answer your question, uh, not my email or I'm sorry, not my website specifically, but the photos I attach in the email, uh, I do cater specifically to the client uh, for the purpose of, in the context of travel. Yeah. On a beta client connect series, a lot of those guys are saying, you know, we want to work with guys who know our industry. So just having those images alone, kind of, kind of poke at that saying, you know, this, this person that's approaching them know their industry. So I definitely think that's important. And I think those are things to kind of, put in their face yeah. to say, Hey, we, you know, we know the industry. And, and when you're covering events, especially conferences and things like that, it's great to know that they've covered my type of conference as crazy as it may seem on our end. Just like you said, if you cover one conference, you covered them all. If you've taken a picture of one type of booth, you've taken pictures of <laughs> pictures of them all. For yeah. some reason, people think if you, if you, if you, uh, cover one type of award ceremony, you can't cover their type of an award ceremony. But in your mind, if you've covered a graduation, a wedding, they're all the same. Yeah, Clients just don't get it. Like you have to have taken a picture of just a Indian style wedding to no Indian style weddings. No, you can take any wedding. Like I can do any wedding. The only thing changes is the itinerary and you can give me that beforehand. So lighting is lighting, you know, just understanding where to be. Um, But, you know, I kind of look at it like sports, right? Um, If you can expose for outdoor lighting, you can expose for any sports. The only difference is understanding the timing, right? Understanding understanding sports. With football, you need to know where the ball is going to go, right, to help get better pictures. If you understand football, you know that the punter is waiting for the ball. So you need to be focused on the punter to wait for the, you know what I'm saying? Like you just know where where the camera needs to be to know where the action is going to be, to know what to capture. But, exposure and settings and things like that is the same. But once you learn that, you know, once you learn that for each sport, then you, it makes you a better photographer, but somebody can point that out to you during the game. Yeah. Um, but, and know. one more thing I kind of have to add about this is I have probably about a dozen smaller clients that I travel uh, sort of within, within my region or mm-hmm. do like one or two occasional smaller trips. Uh, but I have a, a smaller handful of, companies that I travel for pretty much on a monthly basis. Uh, I'm constantly, um, I'm actually starting to double book. So I might be heading you, hitting you up soon, Ty, if you want to go to, uh, if you want to go to Vegas or somewhere cool, I'm always cool uh, next year, but um, they are companies that just do these events all over the place all the time. And they all th- three of the people I work for the most companies I work for the most, they're all remote workers anyway. So, and that's going to become more and more common in this era of everybody's remote, everybody's spread out. When I go to an, when I go to some of these events and I see the same uh, event planners, meeting planners, 
uh, over and over again. One's coming from Chicago, one's coming from LA, one's coming from Tulsa. And so it's not, that's becoming more and more common for these types of companies that put on these events. And they're actually who I would seek out, who I would reach out to they are already really used to flying people out. So if you mention, you know, I'm in Dallas, but I, you know, I'm happy to go wherever that's sort of already in the way they think because they're already flying out everybody else who's going to be there. So the idea of it being an extra expense for them, like, Oh, well, you know, I'm not sure I want to reach out to this person. Uh, You know, I'd love to go spend a few days in New York city, living it up, but I'm not sure I want to reach out to, you know, uh, a, a New York company. Well, you don't have to, you don't have to reach out to a New York company. You have to reach out to, you know, a client that has events there, but there's a very good chance they're not based there. So that's definitely something to keep in mind to, you don't have to think of the travel expense as this like big burden that you're asking the company for a big favor to fly you out there. They're used to it. And I know a little bit you talked about um, going after your current client base, how important it is to just let your current client base know that you travel because they do more than what, you know, you currently have in your city, how big that is. And that was something that that it didn't even dawn on me until you brought it to my attention. Yeah. So that uh, in my experience, that works pretty much all over the place. uh, That sort of networking and just letting everybody know I've actually booked destination weddings uh, I've booked a ton of corporate stuff and I've even booked some uh, commercial stuff through that with corporate, making sure you let all of your current clients know that you'll travel for work and that, you know, you're enthusiastic to do it. If it's a place you want to go, you might even give them like a deal, whatever is really important. And that's a great way to get, get started. Uh, it, it's not going to work for everybody all the time, but you might as well just try it. If you've already built a relationship with some of your clients that you've had for years or even new clients, I, I've the first job I worked with, uh, you know, the first client that I travel for the very first time I met them, they booked me basically through the next year worth of their corporate events. Cause they liked my work. They liked talking to me, never underestimate schmoozing, but even in my daily life, I talk about, uh, you know, everybody I meet, I'm like, oh, yeah, I love traveling for work. It's so cool getting to go to all these cool places like uh, shooting, shooting a wedding on Laguna Beach at sunset. Like these experiences are really incredible to me. And I talk about them passionately. And that kind of gets other people excited, too. And so they'll like that that wedding I just mentioned uh, on Laguna Beach, that was just by telling talking about travel and how much I love doing it. And so someone else, so that the person I was talking to recommended me to someone else who was getting married on Laguna beach and they flew me out and it was just an awesome experience. And in commercial, uh, so I, uh, I do mixed martial arts. And so I just talked, I just talked to everybody about how I am always available to go anywhere and they started, uh, so people will recommend me in other cities, like Fly Ross out. He'll get uh, he'll get photos, videos, and social media content for the new gym you're opening up in uh, in uh, you know Charleston, 
or, you know, wherever. Uh, so that's also been, so that's been pretty cool. Uh, I, I just say never underestimate the network you already have. If people know what you want, people naturally try to help each other. People tr try to do each other favors. We're always constantly kind of building that, uh, that economy of reciprocity, the economy of favors, as I like to call it. Uh, so you'll, you'd be surprised who wants to help you accomplish your dreams if you just let them know. Let's let me ask you about uh, number three is about contracts and who pays for what. Um, I, I want to talk about times it's gone wrong. Uh, and let, let me just kind of lay the foundation of why that's important. And just, you know, just just quick, like I say, say quickly, tell them why that's important. And then let's talk about times that's gone wrong. Ooh. OK, so. I. I personally have been incredibly lucky, but uh, my girlfriend is a fellow photographer who she actually recently got screwed out of thousands of dollars by not having an airtight uh, contract. And I was like, I got to introduce you to my man, Ty. He will teach you all about, <laughs> he will teach you all about that. He's got these great packet uh, contract packages on his website. Um, but yeah, it was a, a, she does architecture and design photography. And a lot of times though, they don't, uh, they might not be set up or the weather might be bad. So she might fly out and they'll cancel last minute. Cause the, they, the, the architect is a diva and doesn't like how the clouds look on that particular day. Like these things, like these, these are real stories. This stuff actually happens. Uh, and you know, she already bought the flight on her own dime. Originally, she booked her own hotel, her own rental car and they cancel it. And they're like, well, you know, you didn't do the work. So we're not reimbursing you for any of this, even though they're the ones who canceled. So, and, you know, and you start to do a few of these and those expenses start to really add up, especially if you weren't expecting them. So I'd say, the reason she didn't have a contract was because she knew these people personally figured they would, they wouldn't screw her over. That is always a mistake. Even if it's your best friend in the world, have a contract. Money does something to people. Yeah. I trust the contract. Don't trust the people. I tell them all the time. Everybody, everybody signs a contract. Everybody signs yeah. a contract. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so having a contract that stipulates who pays for what before you do anything and getting that non-refundable retainer is a must, especially in a situation that could leave you in a different city, state or country. High and dry is the most is more important than ever. It's not like a situation where you can just turn around and go home and then fight it. You may be in another country high and dry like you. That is that that's not a good look. That That is when you want to have your contract tight you want to have your contract tight more than ever in that situation long before you catch that flight so you need to make sure you're stipulating who pays for what and things like that i think that's super super important and that's yeah. a, that's a crazy story that's a that's, and, uh, that sucks. yeah especially with all the canceled flights it's also really important um something i learned to do i got really lucky and didn't get screwed over here but i was uh i was flying home from actually vegas one time and the flight got completely canceled and i thankfully i had a good relationship with my client and i just let them know and they booked an extra hotel night for me i had already checked out of my room everything 
and, uh, and, and they booked the extra night for me so I could catch the next flight in the morning. But now that's part of my contract too. Like if there's crazy travel stuff and I can't get home, uh, I do have in my contract that an extra night might be necessary if there's some kind of travel delay. So I'm not ending up, especially if they put me up in a, in a really expensive place to book my own hotel it's really, you don't want to be stuck with those extra fees on your own dime. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Let's talk about packing. Let's talk about what do you pack? What do you bring? Why? I know we went over a little bit in the video, but, um, you know, there, there is one thing that I, I preach big time, even when you're, when you're local, but, um, let's talk about, you know, what do you take? And I know it depends heavily on your job, on a job, but let's say you're doing a corporate event. Um, you're covering a, a, a convention. Let's say you're covering a convention for some company that makes, you know, conveyor belts or something. There's always some weird yeah. company like that that pays the most. So you're like, y'all make what? Okay, I'm Dude, there's a convention for everything. A, yep, it yep. is crazy. The yep. more I, the more I run the circuit of just doing conferences constantly, um, which I know isn't glamorous, but it pays so well. And there's one for everything. Um, I agree. But yeah, so on the topic of packing, there's actually, (laughs) there's a lot to say about this actually. Um, But as Ty likes to say, and I also very much like to say, redundancy is king. Um, I always, always travel with two camera bodies, uh, preferably the same type of body. Uh, I know Ty talks about this too. Like you can't promise them a red and then show up with a little, uh, like Panasonic handy cam, uh, because your red went down for whatever reason, like you need, if, if it's, if a certain standard, uh, if your client is expecting a certain standard, you have to be ready to deliver that. Even if things don't go perfectly on your end, uh, I always pack extra memory cards, batteries, extra bodies. You know, I don't have two of every single lens I own, but I do have things that will kind of step in and, and take the place. Like, uh, if my 70 to 200 goes down, I at least have my 105, uh, which is a big beast of a lens that I don't love traveling with, but, uh, yeah, I usually um, have overlapping. I usually have overlapping, uh, focal length, focal lengths. Yeah. 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 And so that's really important. Another thing that came in handy once, uh, for me personally was knowing where the closest best buy was. I had a couple free hours and I needed, uh, and my, my dual camera strap broke, which was really terrifying. My camera did a death plunge cat. Thankfully I, I caught it right in time. But, um, so I just, uh, when I had some free time, I just swung over to Best Buy and got a couple of camera straps and, you know, it saved my, my arms. I didn't want to carry around two camera bodies for the rest of the week. Um, so that was relatively minor, but I think that that would be pretty handy in general is knowing where the closest camera store is including in some places might not even be a camera store. Sometimes Best Buy might be the best you can do. But um, are, are, when it comes to gear, are you a carry on or a check in? Like, how, Where's your gear go? Oh, great question. Uh, keep it with you. I do not want baggage handlers throwing uh, $20,000 worth of camera gear around. It gets heavy. Um, I have a rolling camera bag that has really saved my back. Uh, I also have, I also use the hiking style camera bags. Um, 
but also they're full of lithium ion batteries. So if you try to check them, you might get uh, flagged by the TSA. Uh, But yeah, definitely keep it with you. Get TSA pre-checked if you live in the United States. Having to take out all of your electronics every single time is so annoying. If you're packing a camera bag with a drone, a laptop, bodies, flashes. Um, So definitely if you live in the U.S., get that TSA pre-checked. I think it's $85, uh, but it'll save you a lot of time trying to get through security. Plus, think about it. If you're doing video, just, just think about it. You and you got, let's say you got a live mic, you got cameras, you got batteries, transmitters, receivers, remotes. You look real suspicious, bro. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you just, you just, you look bad. Just, you know, I, trust me, I know. I get it all the time. I, I look bad. They're like, you're a veteran, but you didn't switch sides with transmitters and receivers. You look real weird, bro. <laughs> so, you know, they, they, I get it all the time. Um, let's talk about, um, you know, last but not least, uh, just ways to make extra money while while on a shoot. Now, me, I know what I used to do is whenever I had a traveling shoot, I would, and and this is something that we kind of talked about before. I would switch my thumbtack, man, and while I'm out there, I would try to bag a few more yeah. jobs while I'm out there in any space I had. But there's some other ways, including uh, which I'll let you get into like stock photography, things like that. But let, you know, some other ways to make money while you while you're out there making money while you're making money. Well, so if you're doing Something that I've, I wish I knew when I first started years and years ago, but something I've been doing recently is if you're at any kind of event, even if it's like a sports game or something, you can talk to the other vendors and be like, uh, you know, uh, the most recent thing was somebody had this, uh, there was an event where they had this really, really fancy espresso machine. It looked steampunk. It was huge. It was brass. And it was, um, you know, some kind of, it was a big deal for some reason. And I just asked them, like, uh, I took some photos of it and I showed them and I was like, Hey, um, I'll sell you these photos for a pretty good deal. If you're interested, hit me up. And, you know, it was just a couple hundred bucks. But I was already there, already getting paid, and this vendor needed photos of themselves in action for uh, for their own marketing material. And I was able to step in and just make a little bit of extra money. And that's the same with keynote speakers. A lot of speakers need just a ton of photos. So go up to them, hand them a card, and be like, hey, I got some really good shots of you. I'd be willing to sell, uh, sell them to you for a good deal. You got to double check your contract with keynote speakers, though, because in some cases, the client that you're already there for may not allow that. So definitely double check. But with vendors in general, uh, there's I, I've never run into uh, into issues with that. And so that's kind of actually general, not necessarily having to do with travel. But who doesn't love money? We all want to make more of it, especially if it gives us freedom to do the things we really love. So, uh, I actually got a yeah. really, a really big licensing deal by selling a picture to a speaker who wanted to use the picture in, in her book. Um, oh, so she, she that. paid about, um, she paid almost five grand for a shot of her speaking and she used Dang. it on the back of her okay. book. Yeah. But, but my contract with the, with the event states that I can do that. Um, nice. so, you know, it worked out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a really good thing. In general, most of my clients ask me for a contract, and so that's really useful being able to set the terms. 
I do have some of the bigger companies I work for, they provide the contract. And sometimes I kind of have to um, wrestle with them a little bit. Uh, I shot for a really, I think one of the biggest companies in the world once, and I had to sign like an NDA and they told me that I wouldn't even have rights to my own photos and everything. But in that case, I just jacked up the price to three times my normal and this company didn't care at all. So I was like, you know what? I, I still win in this situation. So I'm not going to complain. Happened to me with um, Verizon and Samsung. They had a, they had an event where they were a Samsung was uh, when the flip, the flip fold or whatever came out. This was two years before public even got it. They were bringing in Verizon employees to test it to see how they like it. Oh, had nice. to sign an NDA. The public was not even they they couldn't know about it. And I had to I had to dump um SD cards at the event and wipe. Um and I and because of that, when I say I quadrupled the price, I I gave them a, the highest number I can think of. I laughed when I sent it. They paid yeah. the invoice. But but it was because it was such a you know crazy event. They wanted to. They wanted NDA, and they told me like we need we need the information from the SD cards right then and there. And because of that, I gave them a stupid price. Um, and you know, and just kind of a side note, what helped me land that job was the fact that I told them that I was a military uh, photographer, and I and I had a um, I had a you know a secret clearance. That's so what I told them. Like I'm used to being in situations oh, with nice. a secret clearance, yeah. so we can keep your data private, whatever, whatever. And they were like, okay, perfect. So we can trust you. I was like, we can dump yeah. that information right then and there. And I gave them a stupid price, signed the NDA. And they they were like, cool. But so, yeah, so those are things that, you know, if these are things that you may want to, you know, express to your client and your proposal that if an NDA is needed, we have no problem with doing it. That may yeah. help you get more traveling gigs too, because sometimes they may have to bring you places where, they don't want locations revealed. Sometimes I've been places and they're like, look, you can't tell nobody about this place. I'm not saying I've been to Area 51 or nothing. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I've been places where they're like, you can't tell anybody about this test facility. You can't show people these cars. You can't talk about this stuff. So those are things that places you may go that uh, if you're not traveling, you may not, you may never yeah. get to see. Well, and yeah, that's a really good point with um even just so I, you know, I never had a top secret clearance in the military or anything like that, but having tri clients that trust you is really valuable. I shoot for, um, I shoot government fleet vehicles and it's, you know, it's the new like police interceptors and all that. And, you know, they know, like, I don't, they don't have me sign anything, but they just say, you know, like, don't post, like, don't use these photos in your portfolio for at least six months after this event. And so that's, um, you know, having to trust a new guy off the street that you just emailed a couple times, uh, you know, the, the, a client might be more willing to fly you out to wherever if they know that you're trustworthy, that your work's going to be good if you've developed that relationship already. Yeah. I mean, photography, most businesses are relationship businesses and photography is no different. Yeah. I, I'll tell you guys real quick. It's a real quick, uh, real quick tie-tail before we wrap. Um, I shot Texas Lawyer Magazine event. I think I told you this, uh, Ross. Um, and uh, it was an award show where they were giving awards to all the the, uh, the Texas lawyers uh, in Texas, right? And I was there taking pictures. And, uh, and you know, you, you know, I always take multiples. I usually pop, 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 mm -hmm. pop, pop. Because, you know, whenever there's groups, there's always a blinker. 
right? There's always one guy yeah. that's bleeding. Yep. So double tap. They always double tap, triple tap, right? I get that from military days. You put you send some bullets down range, <laughs> you send three of them in his way, right? Uh-huh. You just make sure he's down, whatever. Um, so there was this one guy that was wasted, man. He was with the top firm too. He was one of the top guys. He was wasted. I mean, he was a he was like weekend with Bernie. Like he was taking pictures with like that. Like they was propping him up. And he was like one of the top guys. Like he was partner, everything. Like he he was taking his tie and like throwing it over his shoulder. Like he was making faces. He was flipping a bird. Like he was gone. Like he was, I mean, he was wasted. Like, and they won the top firm. So he had to go on stage and do everything. I mean, he was, so I was just taking a bunch of pictures of him because he was funny. And I was like, this guy is hilarious. Like, so by the end of the show, um, he had found me. He was like, you're the photographer. I was like, yeah, I'm the photographer. I'm just, you know, I'm taking pictures of him. He said, look, he said, I'll give you $50 for every picture of me you delete. <laughs> I was like, huh? I was like, nah, man, you know, he just, you know, he was like, I'm serious. He said, every picture of me you delete, I'll give you 50 bucks. I was thinking, I thought this guy was joking. This guy put out a wad of cash. Yeah, I flipped my camera out. We scrolled through. He said, I said, there go one, delete. He said, 50, 50. Bro, I'm telling you, yeah, I probably made like six thousand dollars that night in cash. And he was like, "Here," <laughs> I was like, "Delete." There's another one. Delete. It's another one. Delete. I probably made more from him in cash than I did yeah. in the shoot because he was. So you know, opportunity is everywhere. That's all I'm gonna say. But that's you know, that's yeah. one of them gold member stories. But I'm gonna share with everybody. Oh, yeah. It's all good. But well, to finish answering your question before we yeah. need to wrap or whatever. Um, so licensing photos in a couple different ways. Uh, Ty mentioned stock photography. I've got a couple photos that are just like blowing up every day I wake up and it's like 20, 30 more dollars. I have one photo actually from Vegas, from actually the time we met in Vegas years ago that sells, uh, you know, it sells a, a couple times a night and like eight to $14 a pop. So it's not huge, but you get a huge, like you go around and you get a big library of that kind of stuff. Uh, especially travel is a really big uh, category in stock photography. So you go out when you're working, get some extra shots. I love doing that anyway. I did it originally just personally because I like doing it. And then I decided to put it on stock photography. And, uh, and you know, that even works for my personal travel. I went to Iceland on vacation uh, this summer, which was partially paid for with, uh, with points from my work travel. So that was really awesome. But um, even you said... I, 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 I wouldn't even belittle and say it's not not huge. I mean, you got stock for talk. You got a picture you've taken years ago in Vegas that at right. minimum is paying for your cell phone bill for yeah. the rest of your life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's put it in perspective. If it's bringing in, if it's eight to ten dollars a night, it's it's paying for a bill of yours forever. Yeah. It's work you've done a while back that's still making you money. Yeah. And it's, it's basically, it's almost every day. So in a year, two years from now, I'm, I'm going to be able to look back at this one photo and be like, man, this thing, I deciding to hit the shutter button made me thousands of dollars. Like that's stock photography is definitely something like, I think every photographer has photos that they could put on stock photography. And if you're not doing it, you're, you're sleeping on cash. Uh, it's it's a little bit frustrating getting started because you do have to learn some of the rules, like what they will and won't accept, and uh, and, and just getting a huge library up there. But it's it's really awesome, especially even um, so yeah, like my trip to Iceland. Even some of my iPhone, you know, the new phones are shooting like 4K HDR, 60 frames a second. So I point my uh, you know, I ended up selling a, 
um, a video of just some waves crashing in Iceland. And that thing's already made me like 50 bucks. And that was just a 10 second clip of some waves crashing on a, on a, with my iPhone. So, you know, what's possible is, is going to surprise you. Like don't, don't sleep on stuff like this. And then also, so stock photography, but also, especially, um, I would recommend everybody interested in traveling, get their uh, drone license. Uh, a big way that I've started making money is where, wherever you go, get some cool drone shots. Uh, <laughs> oh, what you got there? Ooh, yeah, I got my. I just crashed it and had to get it fixed. Here's my, my babies right here. There you go. This is the, this is the A7S II. I just I crashed it and had to get the camera replaced. Sucks, nice. Yeah, that's one of them. Um, but so a really interesting thing to do, and this wasn't my original idea, um, but someone else gave it to me, so I've been running with it, was um, get some cool drone shots of like the city skyline, some time lapses, uh, some different points of interest around the city, and just put that on YouTube with your watermark on it. Uh, and in the description, say available for licensing. When people go, when someone, uh, especially in corporate events, they need, they create these things called decks, which is where the event planners have to pitch to the, you know, head of marketing or whoever, uh, a city. So let's say, you know, uh, someone wants to do a corporate event here in Dallas. Well, they have to put together a package promoting the idea of coming to Dallas because they're going to spend maybe millions of dollars. So they create this package and they're just going to Google uh, like drone shots or aerial view of Dallas or whatever, whatever city. If you've got a really clean video of different spots around, like you got the skyline, you got uh, Cowboy Stadium, you got Reunion Tower, you got like the hot spots. You put them together, you're going to start getting that. The video on YouTube might only get like 300 views, but that's going to be people asking to license that video. That's going to be people offering you, you know, maybe it's just a couple hundred bucks, but that's going to be consistent. And that'll last as long until we're, until the standard is like 8k or 12k, 120 frames per second. That video is going to keep making you money, especially if you're traveling around already do that every city you go to. And all of a sudden you've got a library of things that might, might be making you lots of money. Yeah. That's something to definitely consider. Some guys, you, I mean, it's something that I would definitely, again, we're giving you ways that you get a bunch of those and they're bringing in residual income. These are things that will make it easier for you to step away from your, your nine to five. You got a couple thousand coming in a month doing that. You keep building yeah. it up. So it's something Traveling to definitely and making money while you do that. Like I, I know that's not for everybody for, but for me, that's the dream. And the fact that that's coming true is, is really cool. Yeah, that, there you go. You, you, it's laid out for you. I mean, I told you everything happens in small steps. Um, and when you put it all together and you have the, the ability to travel and make money and live your life and live on your terms, man, it's all worth it. It's all worth yeah, it. Yeah, and man, Ty, I'll, t- I'll, I'll go into detail about all of this coming up, but I've got like four big trips coming up and it was almost entirely paid for by uh, by points that I got from booking other from booking work flights or work hotels. So let's, uh, let, let's just, let's just touch on that a little bit while we got people okay. watching. Cause we got, few, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take, take a few more minutes. So I want to kind of explain the fact that 
that clients hire you and they pay for it, but you put it on your car so you can get yeah. the points. Or how does that work? Oh, yeah. Okay. So first thing, so Dallas is an American Airlines hub. It's also a Southwest hub. Mm-hmm. So I have uh, one of the main credit cards I use is an American Airlines rewards card. And I book all my travel expenses uh, through that. I also have a, a rewards card for um, and a rewards number for uh, Hilton Hotels. So every time I travel, every time I, uh, you know, personally or for the business, I put it on that card and I'm, I rack up, I think I've, I've racked up like 220,000 miles in the last couple of years. And that's, uh, that pays for a lot of trips that goes a long way. Um, and same with hotels. Uh, so I book them in some cases, I book that I book everything myself and I get reimbursed for it later, which, uh, you know, does complicate your taxes. So if you do this full time, definitely you might want to consider also hiring a, a CPA to help you manage all this. But, um, yeah, so if you, if you book it yourself and then have them pay you back for it, you can get all those rewards miles and pay for your pay for your personal trips out of that too so they're so they're paying you they're paying you to work you're mm-hmm. making money off um stock footage drone footage you can possibly get booked for a job while you're there you're having fun and you're getting points on your credit card to go take another trip for free or go do whatever you want to do or fly or stay in a hotel or rent a car later yeah. for free so it's the win 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 situation if you know what you're doing and know how to do it that that that's dope yeah really like like we said when we were uh when we were just getting started cameras can really represent freedom in a lot of ways making money traveling doing all these things uh you know on someone else's dime they're they're paying you to to live the life you want you just have to learn how to leverage that yeah well guys if you guys have any questions post them below or i I know uh victor i know you on camera did you want to have any questions you want to jump in and ask I know you muted. I can pop you on since you're on camera. Anybody else want to j- jump on camera and ask a question? Uh, 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 what gear are you are you normally taking with you, especially lighting? So lighting, I all so for traveling, I still typically use. I still typically do mostly photography. Uh, so I, but I always make sure to bring two uh, speed lights because I have actually had one break on site. So that was really nice to have two. I also really like um, when I do do video, I really like the brand Roto light. They're really high power. They're very powerful led lights uh, that are still um, that you, you can, you can't control quite as much uh, as you can with other lights. Um, but they, they do have like hot and cold uh, temperature lighting and they are very compact. Um, I actually have, uh, this is this is one of my. I don't know how well you can see it, but this is my Roto Light Neo. Sorry if it's blown out, but I mean you can see how small this light is. But it's still you get two of these, and you can set up some really nice interview shots. You can set up some really uh, dynamic cinematic lighting with just a couple of these, and you can see it's pretty small. They're a little expensive though. You using any like Gary Fong or light modifier with your with your speed light, or you? You know, I used to. I kind of. Uh, bought into that whole uh buy the big 
uh, Gary Fong light sphere, those things, they are crazy expensive for what they are. And I noticed a lot of times the built-in little uh, white flash yep. reflector. I did, I tested it out compared to some of the light modifiers I used to put on my flash and I see no difference. So I stopped, I, I decided to stop traveling with them, but still maybe use them locally. But now I just don't use them at all. Yeah. Um, if you know how to use your flash, if you know how, to, how light works, then they're unnecessary. When, when I was photo, when light I was modifiers school, for video, you want that soft light. When I was in school, they, they didn't let us use nothing but the bounce card. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Any other questions? Anybody know other questions? Any other? The floor is yours if you want it. The world is yours if you want it. You can take it. Oh, yeah. Uh, what camera systems are you using? Um, I use Sony mirrorless cameras. Uh, for video, I use the A7S III. For photo, I I have uh, an A7 III and an A7R III. I'm probably about to upgrade the A7 the or the the three of all these numbers is getting a little <laughs> bit is getting a little bit old, but I'm also past that point in my career where I think I need the newest iteration. Sony's popping these cameras out so fast that it would just bankrupt me to try to buy the new one every single time. I use Polaroid. That's yeah. what I'm gonna say. Somebody asked me what's the camera system, Polaroid, and Kodak. Yeah. But you also don't want to be one of those people that's just so far behind the times. Like I still have, I, I talk to photographers who are like, oh, I still use, um, you know, I still use my uh, Canon 5D Mark II. And I'm like, I mean, you can still get great photos with that. But saying like, oh, like DSLRs, like mirrorless is stupid. Like you're going to fall behind if you don't keep up with the trends. Um, you don't want to get wrapped up in the trends and only care about having the most megapixels and the most autofocus points um that that gets in the way of actually doing your job but uh but also don't fall behind yeah you don't want to be anti-technology but you don't want to depend on it too heavy right yeah i feel you well with that um we're gonna probably wrap we're gonna probably wrap we may do one more of these if if, if you got time um you know we'll we, we may promote another one and, and you know post this and see how people feel about it and if people got more questions we may do another q a to see if uh you know if if you got time ross i know you're traveling and you have you, you you're all over the world maybe see how your schedule is and just to get more questions because i think this is a really good um topic and we got a lot of people who are who are interested in it the one o'clock time frame um is a little tough for people so maybe we'll do one maybe later in the evening maybe at, at one of the six o'clock clock slots um and you know we'll we'll get one popping. Um, Crichton, say how long till you get? I can get Ricky to do one anytime. Ricky can definitely do one too. We'll definitely get uh get him on one one time too. Um, but yeah, we can um we can definitely do uh maybe do one later. Uh, if if Ross got time, if I can pull his arm to get him on here. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Because I know the the evening time slots. A lot of people got a little more uh got a little more uh little more time in the evening um to to get on. And, yeah, and I'd it. love to answer any more questions that anybody has. I, um, you know, I don't want to brag about it too much, but like, I feel like what I do is really cool. And I'm, I'm really happy with what I've created over this time. And I'd love to help uh, other people like Ty and I talked about a couple of times. There is plenty of work for everybody. If this is something you're interested in doing, uh, definitely pursue it. And I, I'm Ty and I are here to help you. And if you have questions about it, 
um, and you're watching this and it's recorded, post it below so we'll know. Um, post your, what, what, give them your social media and your uh, and your website. Um, I know Mino asked for it so that they can follow you and they can see where you're at. All right. So my website is www.stuartmediadigital.net. I don't know. Sound. It's going to be .com too. I'm switching over. Uh, but if you go there, that's my old website. Don't look at it. It's it's being deconstructed as the new ones getting constructed. And uh, my if you if you want to see some of these cool places, I always I love taking just like drone shots and and other photos of all these places I go. Uh, so check out RMS. That's Romeo Mike Sierra. Then the number three. Then the word digital. RMS three digital. That's uh, my Instagram handle. Uh, a cool place to see cool shots all over the world. And I got a couple really awesome trips coming up soon too. So uh, if you like seeing that kind of stuff, definitely uh, check it out. Definitely check it out. Well, guys, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and watching. You know how we do. I will be on um, tomorrow. I'm going to go live tomorrow. We're going to have after hours tomorrow. Plus I got to do tomorrow. going to start right at six because I got a five o'clock show that I'm going to do. I don't know if you guys seen the show that Scott was on a little while ago. They asked me to be on their show at five. So I'm going to be on their show at five. I'm going to do my show at six. We're going to do after hour right after that. So tomorrow going to be a long day of talking, but I'm with it. That's how we do it. But until then, I'm going to ask you guys to be safe and I'm going to definitely see you all in the next one. All right. So I'll see y'all tomorrow. Appreciate y'all for stopping by. Um, and I'll see y'all later. You've been listening to Content and Cash Plus, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Stay up to date at flashfilmacademy.com. As always, be inspired, be creative, be profitable.